When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, 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 the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. So this show could also be Deus, as in gods, or Deus Ex Machina. That is interesting indeed. Ooh. We're joined by my friend Joey Bincon of the film podcast Two Reels, where they discuss a new film and a film that goes with it. Joey, you're joining us for the first time this season. What has your devs or Deus experience been like, and what do you enjoy about this show? Yeah, thanks for having me, Anthony. I was sure you had had me on because I had a movie podcast or because I used to write about tech for Wired, but now I know it's just because we both went to Santa Cruz and we're Frisbee experts. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's all it is. Finally, someone else recognizes <laughs> the McKenney Library. <laughs> Devs has been a trip, man. It's been so fun to watch a tech company at UC Santa Cruz, and it's so fun to see a genius like Alex Garland making TV. I'm not going to claim I know exactly what's happening all the time. It is insanely <laughs> deep, but it's a great show, man. Have you done like breakdowns of Alex Garland films or something? Uh, we actually did on our, I think last episode, we had Annihilation as one of them, but cool. uh, he's the best. He's so cool. Joey, there's a good amount of SF local geography that we'll have to get into in this episode six. Well, let's start with the cold open, the opening song, and the closing song, of course, is Guinevere by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. We see Amaya at home with Forrest happy playing frisbee in the yard. Cut to present day Forrest, who's covered in flowers. Credits. This was my favorite scene of the episode, and it was kind of like a second cold open. <laughs> 
Stewart returns home to a Bounder RV parked under the freeway with a six-pack of Miller Lite. He gives one to his homeless man staked out outside. Lyndon is waiting for him inside and once back into Dev's. What's my fucking life working there? Lyndon, you're 19 years old. No, I can't walk away. Einstein was 26 when he told us about relativity. You still got a bit of time. But I have to be there. I'm the guy who cracked the problem. On a many worlds principle. Yes, exactly. And it worked beautifully. So what's the implication of that? He doesn't want many worlds. Just one. But there is no just one. That's the point. If he doesn't like it, he's got to change the laws of the fucking universe. He's a tech genius. Those laws are secondary. He's not a fucking genius, Stuart. He's an entrepreneur. And he's crazy. He's obsessive. He kills people. And he's trying to resurrect his daughter. Just fucking ask yourself, do you really want something as powerful as Dev's in the hands of someone crazy? Joey, that looked to me like somewhere Bryant Street, Potrero Street, under the 280-101 intersection. I think it's close to the parking lot uh, between Soma on your way to the ballpark was kind of my read. So yeah, that'd be like Brandon area. That's such a fun game. It's a decent place to stake out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're a techie, living in Soma is part of the experience. You got to move into a formerly poor neighborhood and set your roots down. So this guy's just next level parking his RV. You think Stewart's got a permit for the <laughs> RV or is he just roughing it? Does he give the homeless man a beer in order to, to shoo off any cops during the day? I think that's gotta be it. He's found a free zone and he's just is, going for it. Is this a thing at devs? Like everybody's got their own homeless security guard. <laughs> 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 They're all sleeper agents. <laughs> sleeper network. It certainly adds to the theory that there's something going on with these guys. We get Kenton, you get you get a homeless guy. Just give him a beer when you <laughs> go to your trailer, okay? It's nice to finally see techies give back to the community a little bit, man. You know, it's been too long. <laughs> it was good to see Lyndon and they left this plot hanging for the rest of the episode. I hope we get more from them in the last two. Did we all agree that he seemed to be making a, a valid point? Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> it's basically just an info dump and yes. I'm on Lyndon's side, but because we don't come back to it, it's just kind of like unanswered tease. Not sure where it's going. Forrest is lurking in his backyard at night with the Frisbee. Katie is running another test with the seemingly same dead mouse just further decayed and feeds it cheese in the past, I guess. <laughs> Lily wakes up in a motel in Napa with Jamie. You came to get me. You got me out. Chivalry, Eden. Yeah. This says chivalry, not chivalry isn't dead. Just chivalry, period. Acknowledging the fact that chivalry is something that exists. Has anybody started to wonder if Lily is a host? <laughs> Would explain a lot, she's, man. She's like the Hemingway of like, maybe that's why she's in the third man maze. That's exactly, that was, yeah, there it is. <laughs> she's like Ernest Hemingway, you know, chivalry. <laughs>
Never one to waste a word. That one. <laughs> Jamie proposes going to the media or running, but he only has $40 cash and they can't leave a paper trail. Lily decides she has to go back to San Francisco. Okay, Lily, that's totally cool. I'll just hang out here and watch cartoons. You want to text me when you're done? So funny. Jamie with the burn of the episode. <laughs> All right, Joe. So we've got beautiful creeping overhead shots of the Golden Gate Bridge, color toned yellow. Then we get a drone shot of the sunset. I guess Forrest is supposed to live in the sunset, but his style of house does not exist out there. It looks like Palo Alto to me. Yeah, I couldn't figure out where he's supposed to live this whole time. I thought maybe, I mean, it'd be most realistic to put him Noe Valley area. And there's a little bit more of a house like that. But yeah, they're definitely selling it as you're heading out towards the beach, which just does not, does not track. Forrest brings Lily and Jamie into his home, offers them beverages, asks Jamie if he works for Amaya because he doesn't know. Katie emerges and suddenly they're pairing off into the strangest double date of all time. Outside, Forrest sits with Jamie and asks about his hand. Jamie asks if that's a joke and has to inform Forrest what Kenton did. Forrest says he doesn't intend for these things to happen. He just observes them happening. I'm surprised he didn't say something about the fact that he has no ability to affect any outcomes of what happens because of the tram lines or something. I'm surprised he didn't just say that he would have nothing to do with anything. Jake, I think Forrest ate an edible before all this went down. (laughs) (laughs) Awfully chill. feeling groovy. He asked Jamie about himself, says Lily's had it hard the last few days, which Jamie bristles at. Then he brings up Sergey and asks Jamie if he's got love in his life. This is just so awkward. <laughs> he goofy. cannot read the room. What the are room you, Lily's dad? dad? <laughs> <laughs> Am I? Are you protecting her here? <laughs> Better to have loved and everything worked out fine, Jamie says. And then Forrest says, you know my loss. Everyone does, which goes back to our previous conversation, Jake, about his level at the time of his wife and daughter's death. If everybody knows, he was probably already pretty well established at that point. Well, but it could be part of the mythology. It, it doesn't really put a stamp on it for us. Right. The narrative attached to Forrest and Amaya. The man named his company after right. his dead daughter, dead daughter. built an insanely large sculpture. Yeah. So whenever, <laughs> whenever it happens, it's just part of the Wikipedia entry. It's the first line. <laughs> first line. <laughs> I, like if, if you don't go to that campus and then Google who the fuck is that creepy giant <laughs> sculpture of? Why did, yeah. Why do you even live there? <laughs> Jamie compares loss to a friend that takes a dump on his face. Forrest promises that everything is going to work out fine. Then they toss a frisbee. The Arobi super disc. Thanks Reddit in the street. <laughs> is frisbee a sport? Great question. That's a question for you guys, right? Ultimate is. I mean, ultimate frisbee is a sport, sport. but not frisbee frisbee. Well, (laughs) that brings up the question: Is playing catch a sport, or is it practice for a sport? You know, same way. Like I wouldn't call shooting a basketball a sport. You have to be in a game. So definitely, what they're doing is not a sport. Allen Iverson would agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, unless Practice. in a parallel universe, it's a sport. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> or if you've taken whatever Forrest has. Yeah, right. There we go. <laughs> I was loving Nick Offerman's like one-handed catches and he was kind of flexing a little bit. It was awesome. He was like having too much fun shooting that scene. He was having a great time. I mean, the good news was they were actually throwing a Frisbee. This was not How do we Tom know? throwing a water bottle. How do we know? Ed Gregg. Oh, <laughs> I thought they were legitimately throwing the frisbee. I was just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Jamie was really impressive with the, he's only working with one hand there. Yeah. There's a couple of times when he's getting caught up with the cast. <laughs> Got to give him some props. <laughs> Inside the real conversation is going down. Lily doesn't understand why she's talking to Katie and not Forrest. Katie smiles a bit when Lily calls her Forrest's girlfriend. He's vulnerable, needs someone. I like it being me, she says. Katie recaps Sergei's hasty spycraft, claims royal Wii responsibility for killing him, and confirms they covered it all up, all of which Lily already knows. Then Lily asks about devs. Katie gives Lily a lesson in determinism that everything happens for a reason and there are no random events. Now... Take a computer. Give it all the data that can exist about this pen rolling across the table. Its trajectory, velocity, mass of its component parts, atomic structure. What can the computer now tell you? It can tell you how hard the pen was pushed, and it can tell you when the pen will stop rolling. The computer can see backwards. The computer can see forwards. Now do that with everything. Not just the pen. Everything. That's Debs. Couldn't help but think of our obtuse Ben Mendelsohn character in The Outsider, Ralph. <laughs> this scene seemed like Ralph in miniature. Just Lily struggling to accept the reality of the show. But they did it so much better. <laughs> they did it well, but I cannot believe Lily just sat through this thing. Like if someone, if I knew someone had killed my significant other, I'm sitting finally confronting them. And they're like, rather yeah. than answer you, I want you to ask me a series of questions and I'll give you some fun games throughout. Like, fuck you. Are you kidding me? But like, also, was... why did she go there, though? <laughs> but yeah, this is... she wasn't going to get any answers that she didn't already have. Like, I didn't really understand that play at all. Well, this is exactly the transition point right here is like, ask me the real question, right? Right. She already knows that Sergey was a spy. And I think that after the initial shock, right, she's uncovered how shitty the Russian spy operation was that Sergei was a part of. But now she wants to know, just like the Russians did, what is Devs? And that's why she came back. I thought and she was going to confront them and be like, please leave me alone. <laughs> they were like going through all the trouble of putting her in an asylum. Like, I thought it was more of a, like, get off my back type thing also. But she just goes there and all they do is have this little powwow info dump what actually gets accomplished from whose perspective though because i think they came in expecting a confrontation and then forrest is just 
high as fuck with his frisbee and offers them water. Yeah. The mood is completely changed. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It just becomes this weird ass double date. Like it's so unexpected. <laughs> what is happening? We've been just grinding it out tension wise with the creepy music for five episodes. And we get to episode six and it's just a little bottle episode of Forrest's house. Katie then warns Lily that this will be where it gets hard. That's what she said. He didn't. (laughs) Katie explains that devs works and runs predictions, visualizations. You mean it's a simulation, Lily says. So literally the devs machine and the Robo machine are going toe to toe week after week. I'm going advantage devs. Seems smarter. It's more elegantly designed. It's not just a big, smart meatball eating sitting in the lobby of some (laughs) giant building in Singapore. We have a whole like Alcatraz style like setup for for devs. Devs can only see up to a certain point, which is Lily's death and impenetrable, pure static beyond it. Tomorrow night, just after 1 a.m., something happens. An unknown event. And it triggers a total breakdown in cause and effect. A breakdown of determinism, a breakdown of the literal laws of the universe. And we think it involves you. Is that your guess that it's Lily's death? You know something? Look on the Reddit? No, it's not even a Reddit thing. We've seen it before in previous episodes. It was like episode four or something. With her crawling, right? Ah, remember they showed her crawling it looked like almost like she was crawling on the ceiling she's crawling on the outer gold shell the outer shell of devs outside of the floating core Uh uh-huh but why i mean we don't know that she wasn't telling her the whole thing though the whole truth i'm filling in the death part yeah she didn't tell her that she was gonna die i guess my thing about lily is we don't know what her reality is in terms of understanding the company she works for. When we were introduced to Sergey, he was doing some pretty far out stuff. Yeah. So her interest, her context for this world is very different than our context, but they've done a good job of hiding that from us. She might have a greater sense of what the potential for devs is than we do. As viewers, I'm going to push back because this whole episode is about her struggling to accept the inevitability of her fate and struggling to understand what devs is. She says this is bullshit and walks out only to discover the Frisbee game going on. I got to say, I'm not with her face. Okay, that's interesting. There is a chance this guy is just a fucking nut billionaire techie entrepreneur as she said him killing the spy who's trying to take his source code totally tracks with everything else we don't know what the hell is going on with devs fully we've seen some crazy stuff but i think there's still a chance that she goes there and just like destroys it right and that's why it ends well that's for sure yeah that's possible what they're setting up now is linden coming back and derailing whatever potentiality that this crazy sociopathic couple thinks they need to happen (laughs) to move things forward. Absolutely. I mean, the sociopathic couple has 
two different feelings about if things are determinist, right? Wasn't that last episode, one of them is saying, right? you know, I couldn't do anything. My daughter was always going to die. And the other one's saying, mm-hmm. yeah, she yeah. could have done something. I think we don't know for sure that Lily's going to die. I think she's definitely going to go do some weird shit to the machine. But I don't know if that has to lead to her death. <laughs> She's definitely going to roll around for a bit (laughs) (laughs) on the verge of death. (laughs) I mean, she really should just not go there at all. Yeah. To really fuck things up. But she will. People don't know how to shelter in place. Guess who's going to drive her there, Eden? Guess who's going to force her hand? You know, I'm thinking about it and I'm just wondering, like, I'm going down the list of people it could possibly be. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) New theory. Devs goes to them. (laughs) (laughs) It just levitates out of the Pharaoh's tomb and Watchman style, dude. Floats into San Francisco, (laughs) hovers above Dolores Park. You don't go to Devs. Dev goes to you. (laughs) (laughs) Ciroc style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's big. That's a big idea. I like that. (laughs) The catalyst next episode that will force Lily. To Devs is none other than Kenton, who's been watching the entire time and believes that everyone is in cahoots against him. He's officially a wild card agent of chaos now. So now he's going rogue because he's got hurt feelings. Yeah, because he's mad that he got left out of the (laughs) He wasn't invited to the double date. Yeah, well, he didn't have a girl, so they were like couples only. He was the fifth wheel. Yeah. Yeah. It also seems like a bummer. He was literally in the Mercedes outside the entire time. Why was he out there? Like, did Forrest not know that he was like just chilling in the car? No! So Kenton's just been tailing his own employer for fun. Kenton's off the rails. Yeah. He's going rogue, for sure. All right, Joey. Let's get this geography down here. Ah. Lily and Jamie leave the sunset, quote-unquote. They drive through the Broadway tunnel for about 15 miles and somehow end up back at Lily's place by Dolores Park. Is this adding up? No. No, 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 no. He can't live in the sunset. I think that's the, the real problem here. Does he live, if you're going through the Broadway tunnel, does he live Marina? Is that what they're trying to say? The house is in Palo Alto. (laughs) (laughs) The house is definitely in Palo Alto. I'm with you on that. And Amaya's at UC Santa Cruz. (laughs) This is very much. Well, Amaya's uh, in a fictional San Fran, right? (laughs) No, it's outside. Well, they're they're saying that Amaya is somehow in a forest in San Francisco, which doesn't exist. What? She's not? (laughs) <laughs> are we as a san franciscan we were raised on uh the rock the sean connery movie right. which yes. has one of the most batshit chase scenes you've ever seen because they like turn a corner and they're in like a whole different part of the city every single time okay. and this is just following this is a shout out to the rock by alex Garland. <laughs> okay. <kind> of my <laughs> read. he took a break from referencing kubrick <laughs> are we actually in san fran though has they ever said that yeah, yeah, definitely. There's lots of shots that are clearly San Francisco. Lily says, let's go back to San Francisco when they're in Napa. Oh, oh right. yeah, she does. That's Thank right. You. That's right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Do we have enough gas to get back to San Francisco? You're right. Okay, yeah. So all of those markers are secure. They're taking some liberties in where he lives and where she lives. Which is to be expected. Hers is pretty good. Hers so is how expensive is her neighborhood? Park, right? Very expensive. Her apartment would probably be three grand, four grand. 
five grand a month. She has like a multiple bedroom apartment too. All of these apartments, I've never seen anything like it in San Francisco. They're sprawling, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Woody Allen, New York yeah. apartments. But yeah, she's got to be making so much money. All of these people. That do, Amaya right? money. Yeah, yeah. Amaya money. It's like next level Google money. That's serious yeah. stuff. Forrest Chugs Water asks about what Katie told Lily, which is everything except that they've seen Lily die. That's the piece of information that Katie withheld. She just told Lily that she needed to be there, essentially planting the seed. This is definitely leaning towards influencing the future. Is it deterministic? But the whole conversation that Katie has is everything happens for a reason, even if the reason is Katie telling Lily that she's going to be at Amaya. That is now the reason that will lead Lily to Amaya. Which makes okay. total sense if but you're Jamie's going to be happy for the first time. <laughs> well, tell me this: Is the other thing that uh, she hasn't told that told Lily that they're trying to bring people back to life? Is that a thing, or am I just reading that totally wrong? That was the original purpose of Devs was for Forrest to resurrect his daughter from this timeline. But as they said, they had crucial developments in the last 48 hours which is linden's algorithm and now they're on to different stuff but the the point has always been to get to this point in the future as we learn when they're lying in bed together later maybe the crucial thing was her realizing you had to put a block of cheese with the dead rat to bring it back to life Ooh, the old cheese so we're the old cheese (laughs) going back in time and feeding the cheese that's what mm-hmm. we're doing. The cheese is continuous from the past to the future. <laughs> cheese is linear. Is that what we're saying? How <laughs> How are they linking Amaya and Lily? Is because she necessary? Her about Do they need Amaya. a live? Do they need a host body for Amaya? Is Lily exactly what Amaya would be today no like is she the same age born on the same day come on lily is half chinese no no no, i'm saying though is she the perfect age like did Um, amaya we don't know when amaya died we we've never known we don't know this critical detail that's true did lily lose her father on the day that amaya died are they somehow linked I like this. That's some lost shit. Yeah, yeah. I think we've been. Uh... <laughs> it is, but we don't know where we don't know where we're going. Or actually, you know what it actually is, and this is ridiculous. It's, it's uh, Jupiter ascending. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same DNA, so she's the perfect candidate to absorb Amaya's <laughs> essence consciousness from the other dimension. Anthony, s- save this for your special six episode Jupiter ascending pod, man. Don't don't blow it on this one. Now wait a minute. <laughs> we already did Cinephobe Jupiter ascending and they hated it. So don't worry. <laughs> Pete aka Chekhov's homeless man makes his appearance this episode. Jamie's setting up on the couch. Lily says, hey, boy, stay in my bed. Eden, what the fuck? Can you just say that one more time? Hey, boy, stay in my bed. Did I not predict that they were going to get together? Yes, you did. Props to you, Jake. But listen, so we can all imagine being there, right? Big traumatic shit happens and you just go running into the arms of the person that was ultimately wrong for you. But like, you know that that that's the only person that would like never, she trusts him to never hurt her because she was the one that hurt him. Totally. Like 
when she's she's processing this huge trauma, especially one where she feels like Sergey had lied to her and there's all this deception involved. She just wants someone to feel safe around and she knows she doesn't want to be alone after all this stuff that she's been through the last 48 hours or however long this has been going on for as a relationship expert i can't really endorse this type of behavior from lily which feels exploitative towards jamie but this is jamie's moment to shine so i don't want to take that away from him either there you go Mm -hmm. however he can get back in the door right And Let's he did. On. And he got yeah. back in. He did everything he needed to do. He did everything right. Let's talk about the third man in the room, Sergey. <laughs> Poor Sergey. Well, he's dead. Sergey just gets chucked under the bus here, man. We believe, based on his declaration of love, that apart from his <laughs> assignment as a spy, he really was in love with Lily. So when she says that she didn't know him and it was all for nothing, it's not necessarily true. He was in love with you. <laughs> you got to think back to Kim, though. You got to look at Kim Wexler here. You know, <laughs> I'm always looking at Kim Wexler. If it's not going to be the truth, regardless of what that person felt, you don't even know who you're dealing with. Yeah. So this is like an interesting topic is when like in movies or TV shows, when someone finds out that the person that they're dating was like an intelligence or they're a spy or as a secret identity. And We all know most of the times these people are being protected and that's why they're not told about this. But then they always take it so like personally, like, oh, you're lying to me. But it's like you're a secret agent. You can't just go around telling everyone who you are. Okay, no, he's not defending the country here. (laughs) At least he's defending his country. Sure. I would think that would be the tougher one to accept then, oh, you're a CIA agent. No, because listen, Jake, why does it matter who Sergei is spying for as long as the relationship to Lily is real? That's the way I see it. But if you found out something profound, like if you found out that the person you're with is operating under some different identity for some other reason, and you haven't been clued into it until now, either through like the, the result of him dying or we're in desperate straits, aren't you going to be freaked out? How are you going to know that the whole thing wasn't a performance? You obviously can't know, but you just have to go off of like what you feel in your heart. (laughs) But you also know they're a great liar. Yeah, that's that's what screws you up. So it's like up to you. First of all, this person is dead anyway. We can't get answers. So it's like you want to go through the self-torture of like wondering if any of this was real or do you want to just be like, oh, he was a spy. He had to lie to me about some things. And now I can just take this as closure and move on from it. Well, as Sergey told her, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, (laughs) clearly he's dead. He clearly wasn't the one. He's dead. Dead, (laughs) And he was a spy. Well, it led her back into the arms of Jamie. He needed a win. I'm still concerned about Jamie, though. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. A win, man. Our guy Such a little well, puppy listen, dog. Ken's going to get a hold of him. He's just setting himself up to get dumped again in like a year totally. once this is all over. Totally. Once she recovers and like oh. feels safe again, she doesn't need him anymore. If she doesn't die. And if she dies, then he's going to lose the woman that he's in. It's, it's all bad for Jamie. Lose, lose for, for Jamie. No. Is it really? Because Forrest told him it was all going to work out fine. He also had no clue that Jamie was talking about (laughs) Lily the whole time. He had no idea who Jamie even was in relationship to Lily. He basically took his face and dragged it in it. You don't think he was just fucking with him? 
No. <laughs> no, he's he high as fuck. Katie's the one who's been doing the devs research. Forrest hasn't done any of this. So Forrest hasn't been in the machine. He hasn't been in the machine. It's checked out, bro. Not since they got the HD. <laughs> okay. 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 Good point. Good point. Other than watching his daughter in the bedroom scene. That's it. The bubbles. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Forrest and Katie are pillow talking, affectionately discussing the other couple like they just had a dinner party with old friends. Joe, as a recently married man, it's got to be giving you deja vu. It's literally the reason to get married is to talk shit post <laughs> hangout with your significant others. This is exactly ripped from the headline. Do they owe you royalties? I'm sure you've used the <laughs> phrase, they're brave kids before. Oh, just seeing you guys survive that Mexico wedding, I just came back and I was so proud of you all for not killing yourself. And I just said, God, we got a lot of brave kids in our group. Katie jumps in. She's more afraid of not doing something than doing something, which is a FOMO. interesting philosophy there. So we like them, Forrest says. And then we get super cute. Katie and Forrest are fairly deeply in like with each other. And after years of work on devs, the countdown is on and the Guinevere reprise takes us out. Also, Lily and Jamie get it in. And we see the Amaya statue. (laughs) Credits. He's watching over everything like an omniscient being. What do you think Garland was doing here? Creating life. (laughs) Before we go, I, I know you have a lot of Hulu executives that listen to this. I know Garland is a you know weekly listener. I want to see a second season that's just a prequel, just all about building that batshit statue. I have so <laughs> many questions. What was going through Forrest's brain oh, when he's like, "Oh, when he built it, gotcha." I'm bringing, oh, I'm bringing in a hundred artists. I want to di- everyone pitch your different vision. I got a billion dollars. I don't give a fuck. Let's see this. From from concept. He wants a season long better call Saul of the Amaya statue. (laughs) I I need to know. I want, I want him litigating against the UC Santa Cruz building height limit that you can't go above the trees when he's negotiating, getting this 800 foot statue of his daughter built. I can't wait to see him going up against the the hippies on campus when he wants to clean cut some of the forest to drop in his ugly ass statue. You know, <laughs> this is gonna. There's a lot of tension here, Garland. Talk to me, call me, email, whatever. We could talk, Garland. Both of the episodes this week did a tremendous job of setting up the next one. In addition to being very compelling in itself this one was a step down from episode five which i think was just an absolute banger for devs still thinking about that one yeah just in different ways though thank you so much for joining us on the tv book club for my guests jake hoy eden lou and joey bean Khan. i'm anthony mays and we'll see you next time Like yours, lady, like yours. She'd walk down through the garden in the morning after it rained. Peacocks wandered aimlessly underneath an orange tree
We shall be free 